Welcome everybody to season two of the Bible on Mass. This is episode two. And this year we are studying the Bible through themes. Last session, we had fun with um, Dane and Kinta and we studied learning from new beginnings from the book of Genesis. This time, this time we have another fun theme to explore. And that theme is breaking the bondage tips to your breakthrough, breaking the bondage tips to your breakthrough. And after this break, I'm going to give a little intro to why I came up with this theme and um, we're going to dive in. Okay, let's pray together. Father in heaven, God, we are so thankful that we have your word, that we can study it and learn and learn about you. And I pray that as we um, dive into your word, that you would speak to us, that we would um, get greater understanding. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. The, the, the joy of studying the Bible in theme is like it's a treasure hunt. So I am looking throughout Exodus for tips to breakthroughs. What could I learn? Because all of us at some point in our lives have, have felt like we, we've, we've been oppressed, we've been in bondage, we've been held back. And I'm asking the question, what could I learn from the Israelites, freedom from Egypt, that could instruct, inspire, and inform my life for when I want breakthroughs, when I want to move to another level? Um, and that's why we came up with this theme. So why don't we dive in? Okay. <laughs> well, we. I hope that you have your Bibles with you so you could follow along also and open up into the book of Exodus as we are reading. We're going to be reading from chapter 1, verse 9 and 10. And before we do that, we have to, so we introduce the theme, yes. but now we need to introduce the team. So this is Dexter Thomas. And Elizabeth Thomas. And we also have one of these plantation power couples joining us. Um, we have Shanley and Rebecca Calliard. Howdy. Hello, how are you? Thanks for having well, us. Oh yeah. Because we're happy to be here. I love and appreciate this couple. In fact, Shan, my family don't even know your name. They just know Big Afro. I said, <laughs> we are interviewing Big Afro. <laughs> 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 these have been one of our favorite couples um and i want to warn you guys we have our toddlers with us we are their babysitters so we are going to keep rolling the tape even if we are disturbed I, I i told the team let's do that because people need to understand hey when you could do ministry even with your little ones around yes, all right so you guys if there's interruptions we're going to keep doing what we're doing. <laughs> okay, good. We're so happy to have you with us. Let's dive into our word right now in the book of Exodus, chapter 1, verse 9 and 10. And it says, He told his people, These Israelites are becoming a threat to us because there are so many of them. We must find a way to put an end to this. If we don't, and if war breaks out, they will join our enemies and fight against us. Then they will escape from the country. So here's the question from that. Again, from the theme of breaking the bondage and tips to your breakthroughs. Have you had an experience where friends and family wanted to pull you down when you have made progress? My, my, my. And that's a good question, Liz, because 
the Israelites' slavery, their oppression, it started because they were growing. Mm. If they were shrinking, there wouldn't be any, a threat. Mm. If they weren't progressing, then, then nobody would feel um, envy against them. And in life, a lot of times, sometimes people are people who, who's been on your level or above you, uh, they, they have you in a certain place mm-hmm. in their mind. They put you in a certain box. But from the time you start pursuing a degree, seeking a promotion, um, creating a side hustle where you, you're growing your income, you're growing your maturity, somehow they become uncomfortable because then you start showing their stagnation up. You start, you know, you shine a light on them that's not favorable if they have no interest in growing. And this was one of the problems with the Israelites for the Egyptians. They're like, boy, they look fruitful. The, the king to me, the pharaoh to me is dumb. Because, dude, if they are mighty, if there if are a lot of people, right, they're in your land, why do you think they're going to join your enemy? No. No, you have greater support in fighting. Oh, that's another story, though. Right. So, so somebody has a, a story on sharing when they started growing and blooming and how, they, how their family or friends felt threatened or offended in some kind of way. And I think Becky, I mean, sorry, Mrs. Callier, <laughs> you, you have an experience um, that, that, that speaks to this verse. Yeah, I do. Um, so there was a time where I was um, uh, interviewed by um, the paper uh, as being a young person who was working in the career and, and studying in the career as well. And, um, and, and, uh, and so the, I told the reporter, yeah, I want to own real estate someday because there was a time where um, we had 10 days to leave from our house in North Carolina. And um, it was a landlord state. We learned it was a landlord state. It wasn't like Brooklyn where, you know, people could fight to stay in, in the property, in, in, a, in a rental. And um, so I said, once I, once I saw that, that we had 10 days to leave no matter what, um, I said I wanted to own real estate <laughs> so that I wouldn't have to deal with that again. And I was a teenager at the time. And so the reporter wrote that as a part of her story in the paper. And my mom was so upset because um, she owned property. I grew up in a house, but that was in Brooklyn. And this happened in North Carolina when I lived with my aunt. But my mom's neighbor read the story and asked her about it. And it was it embarrassed her, you know, so this awesome experience that I had being in the paper became like a sad moment almost for me because um, my mom was so upset that I couldn't really enjoy it. You know, she, 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 <laughs> she was too upset and it, um, you know, dampened the, the experience altogether for me. So, wow. Yeah. And I, you know, it's, that's a, such a good story because of course, your, your mom didn't mean anything bad, which you understand. Right. Um, but she, she kind of took offense. She took offense unnecessarily. Yeah. Um, in some ways, she should have seen, hey, lights went on for my baby. And right. this was a turning point for her. And that's what a breakthrough is. A breakthrough is a turning point in your life where lights go on. You're like, I don't want to live like this anymore. Right. I, I want to own property. I don't want people to say when I have to leave or they 
keep raising rent on me. That's powerful. That's right. powerful. Wow. And and I and you guys know from Shan and I doing the financial seminar on the fourth Sunday of every month. Quick plug in for that. <laughs> um, that that they as a couple they they've been debt free. Um, you know they 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 are they're able to work on one income so that Rebecca could could be a stay home mom. God has done incredible things, um, Rebecca, and I think that experience was part of that breakthrough and you're still being blessed from it wow that's good stuff amen good stuff stuff. amen so then then we jump to um this the second point so point number one in terms of you want a tip for your breakthrough know that people attacking you being envious of you in some ways it's a good thing it's a sign that you're on the right path it's a sign that that you're not stuck and stagnant and you're not remaining where they are and where you used to be. Here's point number two. Okay, let's go on to chapter two, verse 11. And that says, many years later, when Moses had grown up, he went on to visit his people, the Israelites, and he saw how hard they were forced to work. During his visit, he saw an Egyptian beating one of the Hebrew slaves. And could go to 12 also. Okay. After looking around to make sure no one was watching, <laughs> Moses killed the Egyptian and buried him in the sand. Well, well, Rebecca, you asked a question earlier. You asked, did he kill him intentionally or uh, um, accidentally? Right. I, I don't know. The fact that he was looking around. Right. <laughs> Sean, you with me? Yeah. Not that we're yeah. reading it. Dude was like scoping out the territory. Right. To make sure the path was clear. And he's like, I'm going to kill this joker. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, yeah, go ahead, um, Liz. Sorry, I've jumped ahead of you. No, that's okay. <laughs> Let's get to the question then. Have you ever discovered something you were deeply passionate about or have a gift of helping others or a ministry that comes easy for you to do? Uh, so, yeah, where does that? I, I have three pointers to make from, from, from chapter two in terms of your breakthrough. How do you get from being stuck? How do you come out of uh, bondage? How do you come out of stagnation? The the second point for me is your gift. Proverbs 8, 16 says, a man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. Mm -hmm. But you find your gift out when you're on the battlefield of life, when you are engaged in a ministry, when you're seeking to help. Moses would have never discovered his gift as as for uh, someone? not to kill people. <laughs> I know this is thinking. I'm Canadian. I'm peaceful. Moses must have been American <laughs> with all your gun laws. Moses must be American. Where are you getting the passion and gifts from? He, in this, he was a leader. Ooh. He was a deliverer. It was in his heart. He. He almost couldn't help himself from seeing his people being correct. Okay, and he would okay. he would not have gotten that chilling in the palace. Okay. You have to be out there helping, making a difference. So the, the three things I, I learned about gift is you have to be out there to discover your gift. You don't discover your gift through gift inventories. <laughs> you don't discover your gift from doing seminars on gift. You have to be engaged. The, the second thing is, the second thing is um, Moses had the gift. But his character and his maturity did not match the gift. 
Mm. No? Because this thing was, look, look, I want to stand up for injustice by just killing people. <laughs> <laughs> Moses, seriously, dude, that's not how it works. You didn't listen to Martin Luther King Jr. That's your problem. <laughs> it, it don't work like that. But, 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 but think about him 40 years later when, when God had to put him on ice a little bit for him to cool off. Mm-hmm. You know, he was kind of hot-headed. Yeah. You know, when he cooled off, you look at how those Israelites got in his face. My boy, they don't know who, who face they got into. If they yes, had right. into the 40-year-old Moses face, right. they, listen, they would have been history, dude. Right. History. But he had mellowed out. In fact, he wrote about himself in Numbers 12 that he's the most humble person. He was the most meekest man on the earth. It was kind of humble to write that about himself. I know, I was just thinking about that. <laughs> but, but, so, so your gift, what you have to pray for is that your gift would match your maturity or else the gift is going to cause you to hurt people. Mm-hmm. And, and then the, the, the last point I want to make on that, and listen, I think you have a story to share oh. about how you got into teaching you tried dental assistant, and for some reason, you didn't like staring into people's mouth. I don't know why. Or who even was dental equipped. That's a fun job. I don't know why I didn't like that. You know? Um, but, but, but the third thing I realized, like I said earlier, your gifts make room for you, right? Um, Moses, so he flees because he was discovered. And then he goes to a well or... Um, a place where shepherds were feeding their, their flock and some daughters of Jethro rolled through and the shepherds wouldn't give them a break. Now, now Moses didn't learn his lesson. I'm like, if I was Moses, I'm like, I'm not helping nobody ever. Again. I'm not going to stand up for no jokers because look what happened to me the last time I did. I lost my job. You know, I lost my place in the palace. I had to flee. He couldn't help it. Right. He stood up for those girls. Right. He stood up for the, those girls, ensure their flocks got fed, and look what happened. His gift made room for him. He got himself a wife. You better start. If you're single out there, you better start using your gift. <laughs> you get your spouse. <laughs> you, you, you wanted to, sh- I mean, I, I wanted you to share about how, how you made that transition. You were unhappy. What happened? Right. So I, um, I had done dental assisting and it just wasn't working out, um, (laughs) uh, for many reasons. And, um, I guess, you know, God had another plan and, um, he, um, put it on my dad's heart to say, Hey, why don't you go to Canadian university college in, um, Canada? So I went and, um, there, I I guess, uh, one of the professors saw it in me that hey, you would be a good teacher. So um, I didn't really see it in myself, but, you know, I went into it anyways, and um, I kept getting affirmations that, yeah, this is good for you. This is good for you. And, um, and you know, like, I guess, like Moses, he was being, you know, while he was in it, you know, it's where he grew. And so um, definitely being as a teacher, I grew um, and, um, after not being in it actually for a while, and then I did a little just uh, a year ago or so, I did a little online teaching is when I really felt that passion again that I'm like, wow, yeah, this is what I really enjoy doing and that I feel God has gifted me. And so um, 
So yeah. And you, did you feel like killing anybody? Like most? <laughs> oh, you know, someday. <laughs> someday, you know, those kids get to you. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. All right, let, let's move on to the third point. And Shan, you jump in whenever, right? Let's move okay. to the third point. Okay, yeah, ready? Yes, please. So we're going to go to now chapter 3 and verse 12, which says, let me just find my Go ahead. Yeah, you go. Okay. Then God told him, I will be with you, and this will serve as proof that I have sent you. When you have brought the Israelites out of Egypt, you will return here to worship God at this very mountain. Mercy, mercy, question. Have you ever had a compelling picture of the future that gave you strength to face the trials? Wow. No, I don't know if you guys realize what's happening. Moses is still at the burning bush. God is just dropping this calling on him. And Moses is tripping out, right? And um, God says to him, look, Moses, look, I know you're, you're scared, you're nervous. You say you can't talk, blah, blah. But look, that mountain... And he points there, you, when I use you to deliver the people, you're going to come worship me on this mountain. Think about that. God is painting a future for, for, for him, leading the people. He's like, yeah, I know it's almost a million people. I'm going to use you to do this. And, and th this is a promise. It's not just a vision. And that's what vision does. Vision, and that's why Proverbs 29, 18 could say, where there's no vision, people perish. And you, you, you guys know one of my favorite quotes that, Helen from Helen Keller, worse than blindness is lack of vision. Mm. Yeah? Because what vision does is when you're going through hell, like, like, like okay, Kaliad's Thomas, we, we are parents of toddlers. <coughs> and not all the time, it's kumbaya, um, just <laughs> Jesus, meek and mild. I love this little child. <laughs> not, not all the time, it's like that. And sometimes you, you question your wisdom in, <laughs> in being a parent. You're like, whose idea was this? <laughs> and, uh, but then you remember, you remember the vision that you have for them, that they're going to grow to be contributing members of society, um, that God is going to use them. You have that picture. Um, of something special for, for the, the, the children that God has given you. And that keeps you going. The same thing with your business. You're like, no, this thing could, I, we could grow this thing to a million dollar enterprise. That keeps you going. Or oh, listen, this ministry, I know homeless people are going to be reconnected with their families. So yes, they curse me out. Yes, they smell stink. But it's worth it, man, because of that big pitya, that future pitya. Um, and, and anyone want to, want, want to throw in a, a thought or a suggestion how a vision has really kept them, strengthened them through obstacles and hardships? Well, um, for myself, this was back in 2008, uh, which was strange because at that time, now that I think about it, I was just taking my Christian life really seriously. Um, and then, just like that, I had uh, illness in the family. Um, and it was like a curveball. Um, wow. I didn't know how to react. So what did I do? I ran. I actually took a flight to Atlanta, Georgia, and I stayed um, at a family member's house. And it was random. And I just went 
to Stone Mountain and I stayed there. Well, I went there during the daytime, prayed, read the word. And I did that for about eight, about eight hours a day. I didn't, I come down from the mountain for lunch and then go back up. Didn't really talk to anyone. And then around five, six o'clock, I would um, come back down and go eat dinner and go to bed. Um, so this went on for about three, four days. And now, mind you, I was just lost about what was happening. Um, not sure what God was doing with myself and my family. And, um, and it involved my parents. And so, you know, it's a very sensitive area whenever it involves your parents. Um, and so one night, one night I was sleeping and I was talking to God, you know, um, and I heard audibly and it was, it was quite scary, to be honest. I heard audibly, I know, but wait. And I was afraid because I didn't know what I just heard. Right. And I didn't know who said that. Now, I'm in a room and the room was uh, dark. So it was great for sleep. But also, you know, I guess it's ripe for God to talk to you. I don't know. Um, but during that time, it was it was I felt comforted when I heard that. Now, I knew once I came back down the mountain, I went back home that, you know, there would still be some issues that we'd have to go through uh, some recovery. But when I heard that, I was encouraged that God's going to take care of it, honestly, that he was going to take care of what was going on. Um, and sure enough, that was in 2008. And he did. Um, the illness went away, has not returned. Um, and our family structure has gotten stronger for, from that. Um, it, not necessarily better, but stronger. Um, right. wisdom, you know, right. but yeah, I learned a lot. I really learned a lot just from spending that time and reading and just communing with God. You know, so I thought wow. like that was God was telling me, hey, I know what you're going through, but just hang on. I got something for you. Wow. The, la the, last, time a, uh, the last time a dude hauled on a mountain that long, he got the Ten Commandments. I know. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's rich, man. And, and, you know, that's what a vision does, Shan. It, it comforts you through hardship, hell, and horror. Yeah. Because if, if, if you read the narrative, several times Moses got rejection. He got threats from Pharaoh. And it really discouraged him. Moses was very melancholy. Yes. If you study personality, he's very melancholy. And, and God kept bringing him back to the vision. God is like, dude, remember I told you, you right. know, he's going to say no, but I'm going to rough him up. Right. So let, let me do, you do you by being obedient and let me do my thing, um, you know, by continuously trying to get Pharaoh's attention. But the vision, Moses, is you are going to worship with these people on that mountain. Right. No. Right. So that's point number three, that you to have a breakthrough in life, you got to have a compelling and a sustaining vision that's going to keep you fighting. A vision is like your deep why. Right, right. Point number four. Now, I have a little thing to add to that mm -hmm. um, with our marriage. Oh boy. Oh, here we go. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. So, you know, when I look back on when we started, I, you know, I really felt that God brought us together. And, and I am taking that as, um, you know, knowing that God has a, a bigger plan and he knows what's best for me and what's even better for me. And so, you know, I said that vow and I said yes. And so when things get hard, 
you know, it's like having that vision that, okay, let's just, you know, we're going to keep sticking it through to right. better in what God has for us. Right. Wow. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I, I love what Liz just shared because I remember um, God gave me my vows. Oh, you know, man. Liz and I had talked about doing, writing our own vows. And Liz is like, well, because Liz was the wedding planner and the bride. <laughs> and the mover. Oh gosh! Oh, wow. yeah, too much on my plate. So she's yeah. like, oh. "How am I gonna try to write this?" <laughs> yeah, forget <laughs> that. Forget that. For richer or poorer, good health or bad health. Now let's stick with that. But I, I don't know. It kept gnawing at me. And the morning of the wedding, God is like, "Let me give you the vows." And then God said to me, "Dex, if I give it to you, I can come in you and keep them." Oh. And, and yeah, that really encouraged me. And, and there are times in our marriage, I go back to the vows. Wow. And I'm like, God, God, I'm, I'm weak in this area. Yeah. Yeah. Marriage yeah. is not all roses. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So, so that, that, that you're correct. So you can be a battlefield. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes we kill some people. No, figuratively speaking. <laughs> what what, what battlefield is she talking about? I, I have never had a fight. Figuratively <laughs> speaking, yes. <laughs> you see, Mo, you see Mo, Moses and his violence is getting into our conversation right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. All right. So okay. let's jump to number four. Point number four for um, freedom from bondage tips the breakthrough. What's another tip for breakthrough? Okay, let's keep going. This, we're still in the same chapter, Exodus um, 3, verse 16. Now go and call together all the leaders of Israel. Tell them, the Lord, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, appeared to me in a burning bush. He said, you can be sure that I am watching over you and have seen what is happening to you in Egypt. Mm -hmm. So the question, what dream or vision do you have that you cannot do it? that you cannot do on your own? Wow, Shannon, I know you have something to share on this one. And before you jump in, um, you would know the bigness of your dream and vision based on how much help you think you need to pull it off. Right. If it's something you can do by yourself, not many people's lives are going to be changed. It's not going to be that impactful. Right. right. If you think you need a whole ministry of the church to do it, then you're probably dealing with a God-sized vision. Mm. If you think you need multiple churches, people in different states to pull this off. And listen, listen, if God birthed it in you, God could deliver it through you. Of course. Don't, don't ever forget that. Don't, mm. No matter how undaunting it seems. And, and, and Rebecca, I know you're a big time dreamer. I, I know you, you're a visionary, you're an entrepreneur. And, and, but a, a lot of times what we do, we try to do it by ourselves, you know? And, and if it's solo, it's going to be so... No, you know, <laughs> so, <laughs> you need buy in. That's what God told Moses. Look, Moses, I'm doing all these miracles for you. Yeah. You know, people are going to even see you as God, but you need buy in. You need the leaders of the people to agree that I gave you this vision. So you go tell them that God, not just Ra or one of those. Um, Egyptian God, but the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, their ancestors, mm -hmm. the God who spoke the earth and, 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 and it came into being, 
that God has sent you. You know, um, say me buy in. Um, Shani, you, not, you know. and not Biden, but buy in. Biden, buy in. Wow. Wow. It's my rich Trinidadian accent. Yeah. So, Sean, you, you were sharing something. I mean, you, you can't share the details right, um, right. because you, you, you want copyright protection. Of course. You want, you want to first file your pattern. But you had a vague idea that you were kind of sharing. So this week, um, I've been, not this week, but I've been struggling with sleeping. I'm, I'm a light sleeper. But anywho, um, I've started taking some uh, melatonin and L-theanine, 5-HTT5, just elements that naturally help you fall asleep. So this week, I think it was today, Sunday, I think on Thursday, I was sleeping and I woke up. And usually when people, depending on the dream, hopefully if it's a good dream, uh, when you wake up, the dream that you have is kind of foggy. You don't necessarily remember. You remember in, you know, uh, parts. So I had this dream where I, it was, there was a, a, a product that came to my mind and I was like, this is awesome. I, I gotta, I, I, this would help so many people. Um, wow. But then as I woke up, I woke up and I was telling Rebecca about it. The, the idea is so big that it's, uh, I have to see people from, for instance, like MIT, um, people who do rocket science, um, and it's more, it seems like it's sci-fi. That's how big it is. And it, it honestly, it's, it seems kind of tough because I'm wondering, I'm like, well, I got this idea. Does some of this technology already exist? And if it does, uh, who am I gonna, going to have to uh, solicit to get that idea uh, taken care of? And it's not even... For me, it's not even about necessarily the funds to, or like the benefits of it financially. It's more of the opportunity that it will afford for other people. You know, what will it do? Uh, but I know just based on the idea, I can't do it myself because it's so right. complex. I wouldn't know where to start. And, and don't allow your inability to stop you from pursuing it. Because a lot of times, you feeling unqualified mm -hmm. is, is, is the best evidence that God wants to do something bigger than your abilities through you, mm. um, which is what he did with Moses. You see, that's why he told Moses, bro, you need buy-in. This is much bigger than your gifts and abilities. Yes, you have the gift of leadership. Yes. But you need, you need buy-in. So, man, you pursue that dream. And it's amazing how God is going to bring people and circumstances into your experience so that you could pursue it as long as you choose to take one step at a time. Right. Yeah. So point, point number five, point number five. So remember, we're talking about freedom from bondage, tipsy of virtue. These are ideas and concepts that can help you to break free from stagnation, from oppression, if you feel in bondage in any way. And so, so the first point we had is you, you're going you're gonna to attract envy. And I know we don't like that. But then you have to grow. You don't, you don't shrink so that people don't have to um, handle or put up with your brightness. You know, you don't dim your light 
so that others are not intimidated. That's not how you live. The, the, the second point we discussed is, is that um, your gift is what's going to make room for you, but you need to be mature. Pray, pray that God will match your maturity and your character with your gift. And the third thing is you've got to have a vision. You've got to see what, what the outcome of this thing would be, which is your deep one. And then fourthly, you need buy-in, not mm-hmm. Biden, buy-in. <laughs> the fifth point. Okay, is going to Exodus chapter 8 now, verse 28. All right, go ahead, Pharaoh replied. I will let you go to offer sacrifices to the Lord your God in the wilderness. But don't go too far away. Now hurry and pray for me. What shortcuts have you taken that would have sabotaged your vision of a better future? Wow, this is a good one. Great way, great way to bring our little trek through Exodus to close. Um, this is where having a vision is important because vision would help you not take shortcuts. Shortcuts look easy. And, and you know, you know, Shan, you and I, you know, we do our finance seminar, and one of the things I struggle with is people who want to take financial shortcuts. Shortcuts. People, yeah, people who want to join um, network marketing companies, yeah. uh, multi-level marketing companies. And let me, let me just say this. I have no problem with those companies. You know, my problem is when the people sell you a dream of overnight success. They're lying yeah. to you. Right. They're lying to you. There are no free lunches in life. You got to work. Those things could work. I mean, you're buying a franchise for $600. It's amazing. But it's amazing only if you plan to do eight hours extra a day, you know, for like six months. Right. Then you can become diamond or ambassador or whatever right. different right. things they have. But they don't, people don't sell you the need for the ridiculous hard work. And it will pay because it's a great system. Mm-hmm. But you have to talk to 15, 20 people a day. Mm-hmm. And, and I hate people lying to people, even people who try to do real estate and they say, oh, you just buy this house and you flip it and you're going to make this amount of money. But they don't tell you, hey, a, a contractor might swindle you, yeah. you know, or there might be delays with the permits. Right. Yeah. And, right. you know, like, Chan, you were just talking about the big vision that you got um, in terms of this technology thing. I was talking to a guy that worked at Twitter yeah. when, when I lived in the Bay Area. And I said to him, man, you don't have ideas for an app you want to create? He said, yeah, I have lots of ideas, but it's too much of work. And look, Elizabeth and I just created um, a, um, a toy for kids called um, the Little Learner's Library. Oh, no, not that one. The interactive Bible where it's, it's clock pages and audio buttons that you press. So I've had, to, I've had to connect with manufacturers in China. Right. It's been a year and a half. It's been a yeah. nightmare, man. Yeah. I'm like, boy, this, this product better sell. <laughs> I will kick this pig, you know? There's a lot of work. So I have a healthy respect for entrepreneurs that put their heads down, work their tails off, not just hard, but also smart, but understand that, that 90% is perspiration and only 10% is inspiration. Right. Shortcuts would lead you to short success. Mm-hmm. You want to have a bigger vision. Any closing thoughts from any one of you guys before we wrap things up and I talk about what's coming next? I actually have a story, if you, if you don't mind, about the shortcuts. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of got caught in that when I was younger. Um, 
my I, I had a, a real a friend that became a realtor up in Atlanta and she uh, had a friend that did, had some um, investment property up there and it was doing really well. And so I said, I would like to do it too. And so I, I um, met up with the, the team that her friend was working with and they said, we buy homes um, in your name and we rent them out. We send the, the rent to you. And um, yeah, we kind of keep going. We keep going from there. You get uh, a portion of the rent every month and we just you know manage the properties for you. And I said, wow, this is 2007, mm-hmm. 2008. And so I said, okay, let's do it. You know, my, I had already fixed my credit. I had my, my own place down here, my condo down here. And I said, yeah, let's, let's do it. And like within a few months, I had three properties up there, three houses in Atlanta and they, yeah, it was, it was great, but I wasn't really receiving checks. <laughs> it was great my, though. It was great. <laughs> my grandmother, Shane's so wise. He he said, no, I'll sit this one out. <laughs> you know. But um they I waited. Um and a few months later I tried buying a, another condo in our building and I had created I had a relationship with the 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 real estate attorney that helped with my first condo and so he had he has a presence well he had a presence here in Broward County I'm not sure you know anyway but he tried helping me get the condo um in my my place and my credit had gone so bad because um the guys up there and, and my problem was I stopped trusting in God, honestly, and I started trusting in them. That that was my issue. I stopped praying to God about, you know, the things that I wanted to do in life and what he wanted me to do. And I just asked them questions. Is this legal? Like, you know, I'm signing this paper, but I don't really see any. I didn't even see the place. And um, and yeah, that was that was my issue. I stopped checking my statements mm. and all of that, you know, and until wow. I started buying the condo and my credit was horrible. Two of the places went in foreclosure real fast. And wow. I was like hustling, trying to keep the last one. Um, and yeah, my thank God I didn't go to jail. So, <laughs> so what was the shortcut that you took? I, I stopped. I, cause before I met them, I was looking for a, a, an investment property here mm-hmm. that I can purchase like a duplex or something I can purchase and, and rent out. But it was, you know, talking to potential uh, sellers who weren't really wanting to sell or looking for a place, but like the numbers weren't right. There were mm-hmm. things like that that was happening here. And then when my friend told me about this company, I thought, wow, this sounds easier. Mm-hmm. You know, gotcha. and and gotcha. so I went I went that route and I spent Easy. three years running and afraid of the IRS because of the the money written off, you know, um, through the foreclosure. And it was it was a nightmare until we did the financial seminar and I learned, you know, you take care of home first and then you do investments afterwards. Get rid of debt and, all uh-huh. that, and then go into investments. And and obviously, um. I um, you know, repent. Miss <laughs> <laughs> Rebecca, if if anybody's coming after you, you do not know me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was, oh yeah, and and the bubble, obviously the real estate. Um, yeah, yeah, all yeah. Of, yeah. You you so you you had several things coming at you, um, but I, I 
Thank you. you. So you you got us off with a powerful story and ended us up with even a more powerful story. And I love you sharing mm-hmm. because I mean that's so perfect. Because again, again, anytime it's too good to be too, too good to be true, finish that for me, somebody. It's it too good. It is. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. There are no free lunches. Yeah. We we have bought a number of houses over the last couple of years. None of them have been a cakewalk. None. Right. Absolutely mm-hmm. none. So, so again, don't settle for shortcuts. If Moses had gone along with Pharaoh, if Moses had been like, look, he's been telling me so many no's, finally I get a little concession, I'm going to jump on it. Three days, I'm taking it. But he's like, uh-uh, God gave me a vision and God gave me a vision of permanent freedom. God is like, dude, trust me. They are gonna not going to give you three years. They're going to give you, I mean, three days. They're going to give you three million years. They're going to get out. Get out. They're going to load you up with gifts. So, so again, family, let's trust God's vision for the new life, for the better life, for the more mature life that he promises us, and let that be our breakthrough. Uh, so we're wrapping up for today, but, but next session, next session, I'm going to be tackling a really difficult book, and I have another amazing couple that's going to join us. We're going to do the book of Leviticus. And the theme, this one was really good. The theme for Leviticus is growing through healthy boundaries. So if if you want to do your homework ahead of our next presentation, um, read through Leviticus looking at the word holy. I translate the word holy for boundary. Um, And you know what a boundary is? A boundary is setting up rules and requirements for how people use your space, um, how they come at you, basically. So you read that and, and see if you can apply the word holy to setting boundaries and what you learn from Leviticus and what you could apply to your own life. So catch us for the next episode at Bible Mass. Continue to check us out at Plantation TV on YouTube, Facebook. Um, again, stick the Bible Mass, share it with a friend, the Calliards, Um, Sister Thomas, thank you so much for this rich interaction. See you um, on our next episode. Um, Brother Kalia, could you send us off in prayer, please? Sure. Dear Father, thank you much for the time that we've had. Thank you for the audience. I pray that you bless everyone that's here and that will hear and that will hear about you from what the people who have heard this, heard of this. Um, Thank you for the camaraderie. Thank you for bringing us this time. Please help us to do more of this. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. 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 Praise God.